Yes, everybody, it is me. Welcome to your Thursday night. It is me with the writer's block. Uh, I cannot tell you how exceptionally happy I am that you choose to spend every Thursday night with me. Uh, First and foremost, allow me to thank the wonderful and fantastic people at siestacava.com. If you are one of the people who have yet to try the Libertarian Kool-Aid, go to siestacava.com to pick up your hippie moonshine today. (laughs) To all of you for showing up uh, on this Thursday and to Siesta Cava, Bula Vinaka. Today's episode much like all of them, is brought to you by the wonderful and fantastic people at the, oops, hang on, at the Fierce, by our new sponsor, Fierce Luxury. Fierce Luxury is a high-end bag and accessories consignment store based online. They carry the hottest brands like Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Gucci, and Hermes. I don't know what that is, um, but they carry it and you should buy it. Uh, co-sign with them for a 30% fee, 20% less than most consignment stores. Find them online at fierceluxurybyashley.com and, a, and on Facebook in their exclusive group, Fierce Luxury by Ashley. Ashley assumes you guys can have fun with this and make jokes, but the details are here just the same. She promises to get us a better, higher quality graphic ASAP, but figured maybe you could sneak this one in for tonight. And Ashley, that is exactly what happened. Uh, 
Go visit FierceLuxuryByAshley.com. This episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, which apparently is... Where is it? Why is nothing working today? There it is. Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. Uh, If you want to become a member of the fastest-growing waffle-related caucus in this or any other universe, go to moneywatersmedia.com slash store and pick yourself up a Waffle House, a Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus button. If you want to become a voting member, get yourself a shirt. Uh, I hear they are quite comfortable and uh, very, very uh, high quality. And I would know because I made them myself. This episode is also brought to you by the most aptly named sponsor we have ever had, Mudwater. It is a coffee alternative uh, with one-seventh of the caffeine as your regular coffee, and it is filled with the wonderful ingredients of masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that is it. If you are thinking about making the switch from coffee today, go to muddiedwatersmedia.com mud. This episode is also brought to you by the Gravy King. This episode is brought to you by Jonathan Reels, who is actually going to be on this program in either next week or the week after. I don't remember which. Um, and he needs $350 for outreach and petitioning. So go to www.jonathan.cash and give him $350 so I can get a different ad. This episode is brought to you by Jack Casey. He has a couple of books out. Um, I think Jack Casey's a Fed trying to bring down the Libertarian Party from the inside. I'm not really sure how he's doing it exactly, but that's what I believe. Uh, But he has two books. Uh, One's called The Royal Green. It's the one with the ring that looks like it's vomiting upward. And he has one called In Silver Throned, which looks like a butterfly with an erection. Um, Yeah, fa- yeah, a fairy with with an erection. With an erection, um, <laughs> and he also has a new book, Crowned by Gold, that's going to be out, I think, tomorrow. So if you uh, if you uh, want to buy that, go to theroyalgreen.com. And if that book is not out tomorrow, make sure that you call personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, because he will make sure that Jack Casey pays for not releasing his book tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Cumberland Cannabis Co. Uh, If you are looking for some fantastic Tennessee CBD, go to cumberlandcannabisco.com and pick up some of their high-quality Tennessee product today. This episode is also brought to you by the fantastic people at Adderpan by Irving Games. If you are looking... For a first-person, five-night-style game featuring creepy characters, jump-scare galore, and even a few Easter eggs hidden among the game files themselves, get Adderpan. Uh, expansions are already in progress by the developer and will be available for free as they are released. It is currently available for Windows, PC. You can find Adderpan and upcoming expansions on Steam for the exceptionally low price of $5, which, honestly, people, for only 5 bucks. You may as well just get it. If it's, what are you losing there? You're losing one small Starbucks cup of coffee this month. Like that's nothing. Just skip Starbucks, go to Dunkin' Donuts. It's better coffee there anyway. And as always, this episode is brought to you by Joe Soloski. He is the key for Pennsylvania's success. If you live in the Pennsylvania region of these United States, vote Joe Soloski for governor in 2022. 
That suit is fierce. Isn't it? Yeah, that's so, sharp. <laughs> so, my guest tonight... Can, can I say Cumberland Cannabis Company three times fast? Cumberland Cannabis Company, Cumberland... No, I cannot. Uh, my guest today is... Uh, we've been friends on Facebook for... Well, on this account since I had it, but uh, we were friends on my old account too before it got sucked. Uh, but uh, he is the current vice chair of the Libertarian Party of Michigan. He is a former congressional candidate, uh, and he is a well-sought-after speaker at LP events. They call him Big Get Ben Boren, and I am happy to have him on my show today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome with me, the Big Get himself, Mr. Ben Boren. Did you say Big Get? Uh, thanks for having me, Matt. Yeah, man, I'm glad. I am glad that you are here. I'm glad we get uh, we got a chance to do this, and we were able to make our. I'm glad you made your schedule work, and I'm glad the rain didn't didn't in, uh, impede upon us being able to do this. Wash you out, yeah, yeah. And we survived the introductions too, and we got through that. And there was some very interesting stuff. I learned a lot, and if I need a purse, I know where to go. <laughs> I want to try right. that mud water too. Uh, I like that caffeine. mud water. The, yeah. So the mud water stuff, um, w- like we make fun of it a lot because it, it because of what's in it. Uh, but it's it's not bad. I mean, I drink mud. I literally drink mud every day. But that mud is completely different, and it's it's not it's not bad. Um, if you throw honey in it, it's tasty. I actually like it a lot. Got yourself uh, a treat. Yeah, it's, it's it, it is a good way to start the morning, and it gives you a lot of focus. Um, Hannah Hannah uh, Lay says that Apple autocorrects boring to Biden, and yes, it does because I had to try three times on Twitter. Um, <laughs> that's terrible. So, uh, Ben, let me ask you: How is it that you? found your way into the libertarian or yeah, into the libertarian party. When did you discover you were a libertarian? Well, I mean, I caused like student walkouts and stuff in high school and I've always been asking why forever. I was like on the student council and then also created student walkouts and did things like that. So I've always had a little bit of that in me. And I used to live in uh, Bozeman, Montana. I was going to college out there and uh, a good friend of mine out there, like, dropped off like some sort of a Ron Paul video or something. And I was watching that and he was uh, doing like a lot of activism in the community. So I got involved then and uh, started researching libertarianism and, you know, naturally found a home. Uh, I guess I was like a soapbox politician. You know, you're like one of those dudes on the side of the road with the megaphone talking about the wars and how many, you know, bases we have in different countries and stuff. And you got people flipping you off, like get a job, you know, (laughs) like, thank you, sir. May I have another? So I did that for a while. And uh, then when I moved to Michigan, I guess about four years now, three coming up on four, um, I actually joined the National and State Party and got involved and uh, helped form uh, a local affiliate up here in my area, which was previously unaffiliated. And yeah, I just found my way. My first convention, state convention was pretty wild. I sat in the back and people watched. And I was like, these people are pretty weird. I feel kind of normal here, you know? <laughs> And then um, the second one, I decided to run for vice chair. So that was wild. So the very second convention I ever went to, I was like, yeah, sure. Let's just run for vice chair of the state. And um, still here, you know, two death threats later and whatever else, still here. 
I, so I was in a clubhouse earlier today and uh, somebody said, if you haven't gotten a death threat yet, are you even a libertarian? And I've, yeah. And I could like, I couldn't respond because I, I was driving and my phone had fallen to the ground and I was on the highway. So I wasn't going to bend down to pick it up to uh, speak to that comment. But uh, Spike and I back before Spike was, you know, Spike, um, yeah, Spike. Um, back before he was, you know, just the guy that I did a show with, um, he and I uh, got a death threat from a cop who was mad at us because he was talking about how all drug addicts go, even if they quit. He was telling us because we were in, we're in recovery. Both Spike and I are in recovery. He said. Yeah, like 80% of you guys go back and start using again. So it's only a matter of time. And he had a, we, we figured out he was a cop pretty quickly, but he had one of those joint accounts where it was like Tom and Janice Murphy. And we were like, and so I responded with, from our experience, 80% of the people who have joint accounts is because one of them cheated. It was yeah. you, wasn't it? <laughs> And we like I started hitting him on the you cheated on your wife angle, and then Spike came in with the forty percent of cops beat their wives, and we just started bashing him, and he threatened to kill us over that, and then he blocked our page. That's um, a good one. I don't know if I've gotten one from a cop that I'm aware yeah. of. Yeah, only yeah, like that, really, but I I do agree with you. There's like a couple things you should you probably have to do to get your like libertarian rite of passage, and one of them is certainly a death threat. I yeah. received my first one within a week of being the vice chair of the state. So <laughs> good, good start. Was it by another libertarian? Uh, had they signed the, had, had they signed the went, nap? Right. He, uh, <laughs> it was like his first convention and he had like just gotten out of prison, which we found out later. Um, he had done, you know, some stuff with an underage minor. And I told him that, you know, you're free to vote for whoever you want, but I don't think you should be involved with the internal politics, yada, yada. So then he told me that he was going to have MS-13 show up to my house, you know, cocked and locked, ready to go. Come on. And uh, later his dad, like, got a hold of me somehow. And he's like, I'm sorry, my son is really weird. And he's going through a lot. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. So, you know, he uh, hasn't been around anymore, thankfully. So good start. During the campaign, uh, people would find the find Muddied Waters Media website, muddiedwatersmedia.com for anybody. It's going right across the bottom right now. Um, but they would um, <laughs> they would email the website to get in touch with Spike, which was a terrible way to get in touch with Spike because that got to me and I would read everything and then I wouldn't forward it because that's where all the crazies went. The, the real people went to his campaign website. And there was this one guy who I wish I still had this email because it was so good, but he was going off about, I guess he watched one of our shows and he goes, you guys are just not taking this seriously and you're making a joke out of the libertarian party. And at the time I wasn't a member of the party. So I wanted to respond <laughs> with, no, they're doing a good job of that on their own. Like they nominated my <laughs> co-host. Are you kidding me? Um, but um he, and he, he was he was like, this is an easily winnable election for a libertarian. And I was just like, what are you even talking about? In what world do you think this is going to be an easily winnable election for anybody that doesn't have an R or a D after their name? Um, and in that email at the end, he goes, if you guys keep this up, I'm going to come and find you. I was like, I, we talk about where we are all the time. Come and find me. Like, I, okay. You, you, you want to come to a cava bar in Florida? You could probably use some. 
Um, but uh, so, what? Now that you are the vice chair of Michigan, um, what are the big issues? Obviously, COVID has to be a big issue for you guys up there. Yeah, definitely um, COVID. And then, you know, all the other things that you deal with. Uh, our state is certainly dealing with the bad end of liberalism. Um, we have very draconian rule. You know, our governor sets mandates statewide and trying to deal with all that. And of course, the, you know, million dollar question, what about the roads? Because everyone always says that. Um, but we just are coming off of our mandates and our restrictions. We have right. been wearing masks and are supposedly been forced to for like a, over a year now. Um, I stopped doing it quite some time ago personally. I, I respected everyone's space, you know, I was very consensual about it, but I just personally didn't want to wear a mask anymore. It's hard to breathe in. Um, and my uh one of my jobs that i work finally was like okay you guys don't have to wear a mask anymore i was like oh cool and i was like trying to smile at work again i was like shit is this how this works like, <laughs> yeah how? what's wrong with my face i haven't done this in a while you know like it was just uh so you know we're, we're dealing with a lot of that and um i think for our state party one of the largest hurdles that we have is you know just dealing with the uh duopoly mindset and, you know, trying to turn would-be voters our way when they agree with us the majority of the time, but they're too scared. I think that's probably the one of the largest issues in the country, I would imagine. It's like, so, you know, trying to turn that and make it a business thing. And yeah, um, that's how I approach it always. And it's amazing if you take the time to talk to someone who's interested about helping out and volunteering, like how far that will go. If you if you have enough time to feel the, you know, and like do a phone call and stuff, because I don't like texting very much. Um, it, it seems to go a really long way is what I've noticed. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, here in Florida, the, we've been dealing with, you know, trying to in the duopoly for years. And Florida has one of the largest libertarian parties, uh, state parties in, in the country. Um, I think uh, that's how much that's how involved I am now. Um, but, uh, I remember back when I was more involved, uh, I think our governor, our governor candidate was Adrian Wiley. And I think at the time he got the most amount of votes of any libertarian ever. And then, uh, I think John Mons ended up beating him, uh, the next year, or maybe it was, uh, Larry Sharp beat him. Uh, but he ended up losing it. But at the time, he was the largest. And the biggest issue that we had going out trying to get this guy elected was um, you had so many people that were like, yeah, but I agree with him. But can he win? And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, if people would stop asking that question, yes. It's like, I always just say, well, that's up to you. You know, like, what do you have to lose by voting for one of us? Like, you're going to get the same crap again, you know, for the next two to four years, you know, regardless. And, right. you know, if you're if you're agreeing with this, and you're feeling, yeah, it's like that fear. I don't know what is up with that fear, like how exactly to beat that. I got really lucky in my race personally. Um, I did, you know, some canvassing and I was out there a lot and I know a lot of people in the community. So a lot of people like from the right and left, you know, their respective parties jumped for their first time and voted libertarian just because like they were a friend or I had met them somewhere, you know, like I always save numbers and I network a lot. I got a few like random texts like, hey, is this you on the ballot and stuff? I was like, yeah, that's me. 
like, cool, I'll vote for you, you know, and like, so there's all kinds of Democrats and Republicans that voted for me. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know exactly how we can approach that in a different way, but getting them to do it just one time, you know, even somewhere down the line, if it's just local. Right. And breaks that's the stigma. One, that's one of the things that I talk about often. Um, yeah. I'm, yes. The Libertarian Party has to th- has to run a president president presidential candidate and vice presidential candidate they have to because that's how you get people to hear about the party on a grander scale um and you kind of can get people to be introduced to the ideas of libertarianism that way um but they're not they're not going to just switch their vote for a libertarian president they're not going to say oh i don't like biden and i don't like i'm just going to go out on a limb and guess desantis uh, for 2024. Um, so I'm not, and let's be honest, it's going to be Harris. It's not going to be Biden. That's what I'm thinking. Right. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't like either of these guys and, but you know, I have to vote for one of them. Like they're still going to vote for one of them in 2024. That's not going to make the difference. The thing is when you run that, uh, when you run your presidential candidate, you will then be able to get more people learning about it. And then they'll start looking at local candidates who are running. And once you get them to vote for those people and they're like, okay, it's working here in uh, the, in the local, in the localities. Like I I really like the libertarian that's sitting on city council right now. And I like the way that he or she is voting. Um, They see it working and that person moves up to, you know, like state house, state Senate. And then eventually you get into the, uh, into Congress and that, like, you have to take that progression. You're not going to be able to just jump automatically and hit president. So, and the, the confusion by mainstream media, too, you know, it's like we have to battle with them calling people like Rand Paul a libertarian and things like that. And they're like, Trump's the most libertarian president in history. And then people <laughs> associate libertarianism with something like that. Like, right. you know, and they, there's like millions and millions and millions and millions of Americans watching this and we have to like somehow compete with that shit. It's like, man, break. So it's, it's so tough. Like, cause that's going to be their first impression of libertarianism. And that's unfortunate. Right. And yeah, when you have it where you have people saying Trump's the most libertarian president ever, which Trump actually Trump may have said that. Um, but, but when you have him saying that and people associating some of the stuff he was doing with libertarianism, it's like, well, that just hurts us. Cause how are we supposed to fight that? Yeah. You know, um, there's no brand recognition there. It's very, he, it's very skewed. He always says that there's no such thing as bad press, but having him claim to be a libertarian was bad press. Yeah. That put us back in the stone age. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about that too. It's like, do we just change our name and try and restart or something? Cause right. now everyone thinks that Trump's a libertarian. <laughs> like, I don't know what the easiest way to do that is, but he's, I think, he's still uh, pissed off that the libertarians outperformed his reform party. Um, yeah. I love that they were talking about how they're going to start that new party. And they're like talking about all that. And I was like, Oh, good luck guys. Um, I don't know if you've heard of ballot access before, but if you're going to come into this and get all those signatures in all 50 states, like, good, good, good luck. luck. Yeah. Well, in all fairness, like, if Trump was going to start, if Trump was going to start his own party, he would get a lot of financial donors that they would just be able to buy the access. They wouldn't have to yeah. get the signatures. Um, and it, it would have been a cheap workaround for him, but he would have been able to do it. 
And then yeah. he'd be like, I created the greatest party in America, the greatest party ever, and everybody would have been... The Republican Party never would have gotten elected again. His party never would have gotten elected again. And the Democrats would just steamroll all the way through. Um, so when you were uh, first... You said that you started doing walkouts and stuff in high school. What were the walkouts over? Um, one time me and my friends were like screwing around and it was like during some test type thing. And they, it was, uh, it was during the Bush administration when they were doing like the standardized testing. And, you know, that was like the beginning of no child, no left, child behind. left behind. So they like gave us some standardized tests. They're like, Oh, it's not for anything, but we're going to pull you out of class for like four hours. And you guys can answer all these multiple choice questions. So like I wrote C on every answer on the thing. And there was one like open spot. And I was like, this is the crap. Like, I'm not wasting my time doing this. I could be doing so many other things. And I wrote that on there. And my friend who was behind me, like looked over because he wanted to like cheat off my test. And he looks at that and then he just starts busting up laughing. Right. And um, so then everyone like figures out what's going on. The teacher comes off, then it's just full on pandemonium. And um, like, so then the principal comes in and everyone's laughing and everyone else is like, yeah, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? You know? And the next thing you know, the principal's like, everyone has in this class has in-house detention tomorrow. I was like, all right, we'll see about that. <laughs> so then like, I, I even got like some of, you know, the, the better students and everything like that. And the more loyal ones to the, you know, the state to uh, even walk out and not show up and everything. So uh it was pretty entertaining. That was, that was a pretty good one right there. I enjoyed that moment. It was a small victory, which definitely bit me in the ass later, but you know, what can you do? Well, fair, fair. <laughs> um, like in school suspension or in school detention was, uh, was it in school suspension or in uh, detention? I guess it was in-house detention. Yeah. Okay. So it was after school. Yeah, I think so. I, I, we never actually had it, so I don't know how they were going to do that one, but I just can't imagine like that would if they would have put us all in the same room again, it would have been the same outcome. Like so, one of us would have done something and it would right. have been chaos. And yeah. Anytime that I got in school suspension, I thought that was the worst punishment you could possibly give me. Like out of school suspension. Fine. Like, all right, I'll sit at home. But like in school suspension, it's like I'm sitting in a room. I can't even do work. I'm just sitting there for eight hours. And that was terrible. Um, it is. When, so as uh, how long have you been the uh, vice chair of Michigan? Uh, just over two years. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and in your tenure, what has been the biggest challenge that you have had to deal with in Michigan? That's a really good question. I would say we have a lot of different personalities and we have so many different types of libertarians, you know, being a big tent party. Um, trying to get everyone to work together and having like, you know, getting everyone on the same page is certainly one. Um, and getting people who actually want to follow through with what they say they want to do. Like it's one thing you get people that say they want to volunteer and like I'm the affiliates director. So my goal is to, you know, get the unaffiliated areas um, affiliated. So sometimes you get people that say they want to volunteer and then it's like, you know, two weeks later they ghost. So that's like, it's, you know, it's like every single time. So it's very difficult to actually get people um, to follow through on that sort of stuff I've noticed. And uh, thankfully I, you know, I have had some success with that. And there's some, like, we got the upper peninsula affiliated during this tenure. And um, 
So somebody, that, uh, the Eskimo Libertarian in the comments just now just said the UP, like just as you were getting ready to say that. Yeah. So that shout out to Ryan Roberts and the awesome merry band of misfits up there for keeping it together and like just killing it. So, and uh, it's been, that's been a real uh, pleasure. It's been amazing to watch them just take off and it's a great spot. It's right for libertarianism. Those people are up in the UP are incredibly resilient and they certainly are defiant and dislike their government very much. So I think there's a lot of potential there to grow that, that area. No, that's all. And Michigan's been one of those states that, especially during the pandemic, you have seen uh, just blatant disregard for any of the citizens. You see, it, the uh, what's the phrase? Uh, rules for thee, not for me. You have seen that in vast, uh, in vast, a vast amount of times from your governor and her husband. Um, yep. And some of the stuff, like when he wanted to drop the boat in when she told everybody that you couldn't. And I will say that the guy who owned that dock, uh, when he was like, when he was like, don't you know that I'm the governor's husband? And he goes, yeah, I know. That's why I'm not letting you drop your <laughs> no, boat I'm in. Definitely not doing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, the, uh, the other good one was, she's like, nobody travel right now. Don't do anything like that. And then like a week later, they're on a jet going down to Florida or something. Yeah, she came like, here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she came Thanks, she came Gretch. down here to Florida. Um what I was actually betting on her to be the VP pick um up until she shit the bed in Michigan. Um and it, like her state started hating her. I was like, "Well, okay, never mind. I changed my bet." Yeah, and it's incredibly it's it's fascinating the imagination of people that back a candidate like that you know they're so about it and it's like no matter what they do it's like that person walks on water so like you know her, yeah. to her base like her base just still like no matter what she says they could you know she could be the pied piper and just lead them right into the water if she wants exactly yes um Might that's something too bad uh andrew heaton that he used to work with reason now he's the host of the show political orphanage uh he talks about that a lot and uh he talks about tribalism and how it how it really applies in politics and you definitely see it big time in the Republicans and the Democrats. And he compares it to uh, sports teams. He's like, whenever you, you go to a city, they're like, we won. And I always say, did you play? I don't think you did. <laughs> and, but that is how a lot of people view politics. Um, libertarians aren't any different. I'm not giving us a pass at all, but uh, he, once they pick their team, it doesn't matter what that team does. They will support it till the end. And you see that big time, like with Gretchen Whitmer, uh, with Gavin Newsom out in California, with um, sexual assault guy in New York, Cuomo. Um, and big time in, in those three states, especially you see that tribalism, that just fierce, bloodthirsty tribalism coming from both sides. It's like, I hate your guy, so I want him out, or I want her out. And the other side going, you're not taking our person out to put in your person. And it, it is one of the most divisive things that I have seen in America is that divide. It's the South Park argument, too. It's a giant douche versus a turd sandwich. Like <laughs> exactly. That's, that's literally what we're dealing with. And uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, 
and there's no rhyme or reason to it either. It has nothing to, like we're not even at the space right now where we can talk about ideology or like what we believe in or principles or anything. It's like we are at each other's throats. And I don't remember growing up like things being like this. It seems like it's gotten a lot more hostile and it feels it's got that really good WWF vibe to it. Like, you know, this is just great reality TV with no substance. What's the World Wildlife Foundation have to do with this? Um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're showing your age by saying WWF. Well, I don't know. I never really watched wrestling. What WWE, is that better? Yeah. Is that any better? I got so mad at the World Wildlife Foundation when they sued WWF for that. I was like, they've been calling themselves that since the 70s. Like, why are you suing them now in 2006? Like, we got uh, a case. I think we got a good shot of winning this. And they did. Yeah. Which is why it's now WWE. Um, but, uh, yeah, tribalism is one of those things that it people will always talk about classism and uh that there's like this racial divide i don't think that it's as bad as people think it is on either of those things like there's definitely classists and there are definitely racists out there but i think that tribalism especially towards political parties is the true divide that we are dealing with in this country um and you even see that in the libertarian party like anybody involved in libertarian politics in the libertarian party itself sees that same tribalistic divide. Um, and it's because we as humans tend to pick a team and then that's our team and we are going to support it no matter what. And it's one of the things that we as libertarians or just as people in general need to get over because that is what's creating so much animosity in my opinion. Couldn't agree more. I, you know, and obviously guilty as well here. And I've definitely had some rants with inside the party and done that. It's like, but you know, one of my goals is just to try and remain as neutral as possible. I'm, you know, sitting vice chair, like it doesn't do me any good to be a part of that. So it's, you know, gotta just try and do that. And what's funny is like some of my friends might be involved with other, um, you know, groups. And it's like, I check them harder and I check their intentions harder than anyone. So like my closest friends, like I will rip into them if like I even smell any sort of bullshit, you know? Right. And, uh, but those are my good friends. And it's like, I want to make sure they're true. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I get that. And 100% definitely get it. Um, somebody that's not a real libertarian, <clears throat> uh, asked, what's your advice to new affiliates? Um, for new affiliates, the key is creating a good energy and a level of excitement. And then, you know, if it's like a quarterly goal or something like that, create some sort of an event and something to work for. You need a short-term goal and you want long-term goals. And that is the best way to keep the energy going because once you light the fire, everyone's really excited. But if there's nowhere to take that energy and nothing to funnel it to, um, it'll it'll burn out very quickly. So uh, having different events, speaking events, and keeping that going is, you know, it's very important to keep it, you know, alive and, you know, functioning and then growing too. That's the ultimate goal. Fair. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that uh, I've always noticed with new affiliates that are getting kicked off and get, you know, trying to get their footing, um, getting support from surrounding affiliates to come to your events, to help keep that energy going, to keep the excitement up. Um, that's been, that I've noticed has been a big help. Um, there were times that 
when I was definitely more active here in Florida that I would drive to new affiliates out in the middle of the state just to, you know, I'd go to their meetings and, you know, I'd go to their speaking events that they would have just so people would be there and be like, you'd be getting together with friends for this event and it created the camaraderie and that way people would be excited to show up to these events. Absolutely. Um, Andrea O'Donnell said, what's your advice for starting an affiliate in this climate within the party? I wouldn't worry about the climate inside the party. Like that, that should be the last thing on your mind. Like all you really need to do is find several individuals who want to see a world set free in their lifetime. The rest is irrelevant. Like you guys, you know, you could argue semantics all damn day, but that doesn't get you anywhere. So it's really about, you know, the 80, 20, everything like that. Just make sure you pick some solid people that are going to show up. Um, and don't worry about the climate. Like that's, you know, I, I lose zero sleep over that. I don't even think about it. Um, you just find good people, you know, and, and just build from it. <laughs> right. And that, that's one of the things I like to tell people too. Um, I spend a lot of time on, I spend a lot of my free time on clubhouse and there have been people who I've heard this a lot over the last few weeks um, where they will say, I'm very interested in the libertarian party, but then I hear about things like what's going on and why do I want to join that? And to them, what I always say is, look, what's happening in you know national or anywhere else in the country, unless you are in that state, doesn't matter because you need to worry about what is happening in your affiliate. If there is not an affiliate in your local county or city or however you do them, then start one. And if you want to do that, talk to your state, figure out how to do it. Talk to this, uh, your state party, figure out how to do it and start your own affiliate. And then work within that affiliate or the state's affiliate. You don't need to worry about what's happening anywhere else because you need to worry about getting libertarians elected in your area. Because like I, like I said earlier, national doesn't matter. You need to worry about the local before we can even think about the national. Yeah, it's supposed to be a, you know, a bottom, what is it, bottom, bottom down up. organization. Yeah, there bottom we up. go. Bottom up. Yeah. Bottom up. So, you know, that's, want, that's why you know, we get screwed a lot. Yeah. But, you know, the local is where it's at, and that's the most important thing. And you have to have like something cohesive there to even start to form a state affiliate or anything like that. And it's, uh, right. It's, uh, funny how maybe 5% can overshadow the amazing work of 95% of the activists in the party. And exactly. it's like, so it's like, I'm, I'm going to, you know, use my headspace to like talk about those people and the amazing things that are happening. Uh, I could care less about the rest of it. Um, you know, nope. and I'm not in those rooms. I don't know the details. So it's not what, why is, do I need to comment on it? Just some other shit from the peanut gallery over here, you know? Yeah, and, that, and that's been the biggest thing. Like, anytime that there were issues here in Florida or there were issues in anywhere else that I was involved with, um, you had your... The 80-20 rule is typically a good rule uh, up until up until we look 20. at... <laughs> yeah. Um, well, up until we look at the people who are causing issues in the party, because I think it's the 5% that talk the loudest that caused the biggest issue. And that is where we see most of our issues uh, is in that 5%, the 95%, they just want to go out. They want to do the work. They want to try to get people elected. They are not worried about whatever drama is being brought up by them. Um, yeah. As uh, Liberty Shamrocker says, don't feed the negative. And yeah, that's bingo. Right. It's the best way to put it. 
um, our, our KBS was going like way down. I was like, uh Oh, the storm's hitting. Um, but so you guys have an event this weekend, I think that we do <laughs> that you do. Um, but, uh, so let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in Michigan this weekend. Cause the way you guys had to do this is actually really interesting. Um, I'll do my best to do a quick rundown. There's an incredible amount of stuff starting tomorrow evening going on for this weekend. This is also one of the first times, and, you know, I guess I didn't get the actual year the last time Michigan had a two-day convention, but, you know, no one actually knew. So this is the first time Michigan's done a two-day convention in a long time. It was go big or go home, and we went big, and so far it has paid off. Um, So we're going to start off on Friday night. We're going to do a shooting event with Spike. So we're going to get, you know, it's his birthday weekend and everything. We're going to get Spike some rifles and see uh, see how he performs, you know, try and get him in the dirt and see what happens there. So uh, from 7 to 9, we'll be doing a shooting event with Spike. Um, Saturday, you know, we got our normal business thing from 9.30 to 5 p.m. During that at lunch, we're going to have Spike doing uh, pinning lifetime members, um, different things like that. This whole thing is also being sponsored by Nicholas Somberg, who is our bearded attorney here in Michigan. He's the only person attorney I know that has prosecuted a prosecutor. So I'm very excited to have him there and come speak as well. Um, about four to 5 PM, we're going to have Justin Amash showing up. There'll be some uh, pictures taken with good old Justin. I'm happy to finally be uh, around him. I haven't seen much from him, but it's very exciting. So he'll be there. He's going to do our keynote speech. Uh, Larry Sharp is going to be emceeing that. We'll also be doing an auction, uh, our Libby Awards, things like that, you know, for our activism. We like to reward that stuff. Um, hopefully by 9 p.m. we'll be partying and having a good time. Um, Sunday, we got a 9 a.m. breakfast. We're going to have Nicholas Somberg talk about, you know, the justice system and us. Uh, he actually wrote it like just us, you know, it was kind of, yeah. I liked it. Um, and then we're going to do a bunch of seminars with Spike Cohen, you know, talking about the... Um, what is it? The atmosphere of winning. I always forget how he calls that power of winning, something like that. Culture of I always winning. forget. Yeah. The culture um, of winning. Close enough. Larry Sharp will also be doing uh, a seminar. Kara Schultz, Angela McCardle. Uh, we also have some other speeches coming from Magnus Panvidya. He's. Um, I like that guy. He's he's been on this show. Yeah, he's certainly very interesting. He's a good character. I've done. Uh, I've went to some different events with him. We, uh, we ended up one time at uh, Gretchen Whitmer's house, actually, with a megaphone, and there was like five of us, and we we're, we're, you know, giving her a piece of our mind. So that was entertaining. We definitely got the cops called on us that time. They were all around. Um, so that was a good time. Uh, we also have de- that, decriminalized that, nature. And, I was going to uh, say, that wasn't the kidnapping plot on Gretchen Whitmer. No. <laughs> heck no. No. That was just us ranting in, the, in her driveway. So it was, it was harmless. Um, I figured that was the media spin. It was like five people like ranting in her driveway. There was a kidnapping <laughs> plot. Yeah, you never know. Right. <laughs> um, decriminalized nature. They got uh, psychedelics legalized in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So we're going to talk about that and how they were able to accomplish, you know, doing that because that's quite the feat right there. Um, and we also have Shane Hazel, the 2020 Georgia Senate candidate, and talking about his Helo initiative, Helios initiative. So it is going to be a jam-packed weekend. Yeah, you um, guys have, that is quite the lineup there. Yeah. 
superstar. It was incredible that we put that together. Um, it took all of us again, working together to like accomplish this. And I feel like we got a little bit of something in there for everyone, like regardless of where you are on the spectrum, I feel like there's something that you would be interested in with that lineup. You know? No, absolutely. So, no, you have a, there's a ton of people at that thing that I would love to go see speak. Um, and a yeah. bunch of people that I've seen speak that I would watch again. Yeah. Basically so, spikes uh, the only one I wouldn't pay to see. Cause right? <laughs> yeah, you get, you get to hear him every week. I do. Um, and so does everybody else. Uh, <laughs> they just have to tune in. Uh, but no, that's, and you guys are holding this at a, uh, at a native reservation, correct? We are at their casino. Part of the planning with that, we were going to choose a venue that was in Grand Rapids, I believe, but it's where we got canceled when COVID started. So our thinking was, you know, it's a sovereign nation. So they are outside the laws of the United States and they get to basically pick their own stuff. So, you know, Whitmer can't necessarily have mandates there if they choose to have an event. So that was part of our planning was to do that there, uh, which I thought was an incredibly genius move that we all came to together. I'm also on the convention committee, planning committee. Uh, Andrew Chatterton is the chair of that committee and he's done a phenomenal job getting this all put together too. So uh, hats off to that gentleman um but yeah that, i thought that was a real boss move right there like oh let's just let's just make sure we can't get in trouble here and just throw it on the indian reservation and you know so that was a great idea it's going to be at a casino so i can't imagine you know throwing this many libertarians <laughs> into a casino this could be interesting um, so I'm i i know that uh indiana has some casino laws where they can't give you free drinks does michigan have those same laws I want to say that I've been to casinos here and gotten free drinks. Um, then again, if I was drinking, maybe my memory is a little fuzzy. So That's fair. not 100% on that. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, if you're gambling or something, you usually get free drinks. I mean, I grew up in Nevada. That's That was like their whole thing. They didn't care right. about alcohol. They're like, let's get this person drunk. Let's get them to empty their bank account, you know, spend the kids college tuition, call the wife at two in the morning, you know. Uh, according to Brandon, according to Brandon W, um, I can't say his last name either. Cool. I, I, yeah, I looked at it and I went, I'm not even trying that one. Um, it says not on reservations. They can do what they want. So I don't know if that means they get free alcohol if you're gambling or not. Um, but yeah, that was when I was in Indiana, we were at a casino there and I was like, at a game, I was at, I was playing a game, uh, craps or something. I don't know. I was already drunk, and I was like, and I was like, hey, can I get a can I get a drink? And she goes, yeah. And she came back, and she's like, that's going to be twelve dollars. And I was like, but I'm gambling. And she goes, oh, we can't do that's illegal here. Oh, okay. well, well, that's just destroyed the whole purpose of coming here. <laughs> right. Where's the closest liquor store? Um, right. <laughs> Cause I will be right back. Brown bag. Um, <laughs> so, um, no, I'm excited. Like I'm excited for you guys. That, that entire weekend sounds amazing. Like you get to go pew pew with the juju. Um, and <laughs> you get to go pew pew with the juju. Then you get Justin Amash, uh, going to be there. Kara Schultz, Angela Cardle, uh, Larry Sharp. Like everybody there is their own force in the libertarian party. And all of them, uh, I respect all of them for the work that they are doing. 
uh, whether I agree with them or not. I respect them for the work that they're doing and what they're putting out there. Um, so, and the way that, uh, somebody says that you remind him of Tony Hawk. That's a new one. I'll take that. Thank you. Yeah. I was going to say, I can see it now, but, uh, I would have not. It's the that... busted nose, isn't it? It's that <laughs> big old beak right there. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, I read that and I looked at you and I went, wow. Yeah, I can see that one. Um, but, uh, yeah. I would be very excited to go to this event. And normally I don't say that about a lot of libertarian events. Usually I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll go. Uh, <laughs> I know most of those people. We also know how to throw a pretty good party too, I've been told. So um, yeah, it'll be fun. I think it'll be a very positive experience, hopefully. And, and you guys said that uh, you got a raffle going on. What are you raffling off? Um, I just picked up some stuff from a local artist here in Michigan. Her name's Edith Parrish. She has some very whimsical, sophisticated, whimsical um, artwork that she does, like different animals and using different mediums to create such animals. It's kind of wrapped up. Otherwise, I'd grab it. Uh, we're going to auction off, I think, a, you know, probably a, it's like a older piece of gold from Mexico. Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, I heard talk of a bump stock um and some other fun things like that it'll probably be signed by spike or shot by spike hopefully at least right and uh i think we need to get them on a bump stock that'd be pretty funny either that or a binary trigger at the very least right so yeah i think that'd be good we have all kinds of media coming in too um i hit the horn on that and we got a lot of people and uh we have a lot of other out-of-state people coming in too bringing like a documentary janae leblanc from uh, Texas will be coming in and she has like a whole documentary around her. So we're going to have them there free press. So yeah, it's going to be quite interesting. Hopefully we can be on our best behavior. This will be the first like state convention, I believe for the redacted caucus. So I'm curious to see how that turns out. That's a lot of new people that didn't just join the caucus that were part of the libertarian party. These are Hawaiian shirt wearing people that like our principles and have now are coming into the Libertarian Party. So there's a lot of them coming from out of state too. And I'm just curious to see how this all comes together. It's going to be a quite a wild bunch, you know? <laughs> yeah. The, from So I've got multiple friends from Michigan and uh, all of them are wonderful people, uh, wonderful people that I truly adore, but all of them party really hard. Like I would be terrified <laughs> to go to a Libertarian <laughs> convention because Libertarian conventions already get wild. Uh, but one in Michigan, I would be literally, as somebody in recovery, I don't know if I'd be able to be there. Um, but um, so we are almost out of time here. Uh, but what? where should people go to support the Libertarian Party of Michigan? Go to support you, go to support artists, go to support whatever, pitch whatever you want. Let's see, what is it? Oh, crap. I forgot our own webpage. MichiganLP.org. Yeah, MichiganLP.org. And um, we still have several seats available for the convention that we could fill as well. So if you guys are close by or if you're in the state and you are considering doing this, come out and hang out with us um, and come say hi to me and I'll make sure you get to meet everyone. I'm pretty good with that and making sure that new people feel welcome. Uh, even if you're on the fence about the Libertarian Party, I mean, who isn't? Um, definitely come out come show, show some support. And again, I want to thank like our sponsors, like Nicholas Somberg for coming out and doing these great things. And, you know, thank you to all the hardworking activists in Michigan that have been making this possible. It's like, 
it's just a it's a full-on group effort i'm uh you know grateful to be a part of that and you know it's been a it's been a blast these last two years getting to learn the insides and outs and concentrating on the positive you know so um it's going to be very exciting i don't you know i don't think i really have anything else to rep too hard uh i also wanted to confess that i've never ate at a waffle house so well yeah. Based on the places that you have said in the last hour and 20 minutes that we've been talking, uh, that you have lived, that makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. I get it. I didn't eat at my first Waffle House for a really long time because I didn't live near one. Um, yeah. Before I let you go, there's a conversation going on in the comments here uh, oh, between shit. Brandon W. and Andy Evans, to which Brandon oh. says... Dude builds up how crazy it's going to get and then is like, oh, but our prizes are super sophisticated. To which Andy <laughs> replied, I was really hoping for the full color dildo set. And Brandon said, I'm certain a former congressional candidate probably will have us covered on that front. So are you going to have them covered on that front? You know, I could bring some gummy bears or some different things like that. I do not have a set of dildos that are colored. Um but, you know, there is still time. So if that's really something that will get some more people out there, I mean, maybe we could get Spike to autograph one. That'd be, that'd be epic. Yeah. I'm betting that would be a first for him. Um, I'd like to get Justin Amash to sign it, too. That's that, not going to happen. That's not going to happen. But if it does, you could auction that off on, like, your Facebook or your on your website. And yeah. that would bring in a lot of money for the Michigan LP. Just tossing just, it out there. Yeah. Just get his fingerprint on it even or something. I mean, right. just get it real close, just... like a microphone. <laughs> well, uh, I, I I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy work. Like you, you are such a busy person. So I'm so glad that you took the time out to uh, talk to me today. Absolutely. Uh, it was a pleasure. I wanted to make it happen too. So I'm about to go put the work shirt back on and go sling some more drinks for a couple hours and call it a night. Cool. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, anytime you want to come on, just let me know. I'm happy to have you. And Heck I hope yeah. that you guys have a fantastic weekend and uh, give Spike a hug for me. Tell him I miss I him. will give him a hug for you. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you All very right. much. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. I will talk to you very soon. Sounds good. Right. Bye, buddy. See ya. To everybody else, uh, if you are in the Michigan area and you want to uh, visit their convention, go to michiganlp.org and pick up tickets so you can go to this. This event sounds amazing, and I wish I could go. Um, so make sure that you get out there. Uh, yes, thank you, Andrew O'Donnell. Great show. Yes, Brandon, he killed it, but I expected nothing less from him. Um <laughs> But again, to everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for spending your Thursday nights here with me and the Writer's Block. Uh, there's, I don't know if NBC still has must-see TV, but if it does, you could have been watching that. And instead, you chose to watch me, and I appreciate that. Um, let's see. This Sunday... This Well, Spike's going to be in Michigan, as we just covered. This Sunday, uh, there is a brand new episode of Cajun and Eskimo from Bayous to Igloos uh, at Sunday at 3 o'clock. On Tuesday, you can meet me and Spike right here, roughly at 8 o'clock, uh, where Spike and I will delve into the week's events, 
like the 2020 Wonder Boys that we are. Um, and then on Wednesday, Spike has... Spike has Dave's Killer Bread on. Had it. <laughs> oh, okay. Still alive. <laughs> um, and then on the first day of August... On the first day of August, I have, yep, Jonathan Reels. Jonathan Reels will be joining me live on this program. So be sure to tune in for all of that. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. Uh, have yourself a fantastic weekend. Get all the stuff done that you need to. So on Thursday, you can watch We Ain't Left, We Ain't Right. We are Boujadine. Yes. Um, uh, so you can uh, sit down and tune in to... Cajun and Eskimo from Bayous to Igloos. I will see you all next week. Signing off for Muddied Waters this week. I am Matt Wright, and you are perfect just the way you are. Talk to you all soon. I am. I am. I am swinging from a seven-story window. Throwing parties in a ten-by-seven cell. It's a standing